The swiping feature was apparently meant to mimic like a deck of cards. So what you do when you take a card off the top is you kind of swipe it, right? Right or left. And you can imagine each of the card rectangles as like a profile. So that's kind of how they got this idea. So that's actually like a really interesting feature or like a design pattern that we've never really talked about before, but like is kind of synonymous yeah. with, with dating apps. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarian. So Jeff, name an episode of Product Explained that I'm likely the least qualified to be talking about. Oof, that's a red flag, man. I'm swiping left. Today's show, we're talking about Tinder, an online dating and social networking platform. And Jeff, I'm gonna have to rely on you a lot for this. Tinder's a dating <laughs> app. I actually met my wife before dating apps were a thing. And it's just a total side note. I'm going to be able to tell my kids this. And I'm also going to be able to tell my kids that I was around before the internet. And I was also alive before Google was even a company, which is a wild sentence. And they're going to be like, that makes no sense. And maybe it will make sense because maybe Google will die a, a fiery death. But who knows? Um, yeah, they might not be around when your kids are around. So you never know. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I think that pretty much sums up what Tinder is. It's a, it's a dating app, but we can talk about the customer experience. I think that's the best way to, to talk through it. So it's a mobile app that you download on your iPhone and Android. Um, I know we talked about that in a previous episode, how some folks ignore 50% of the market, but you create a profile, you put your location on the profile, you add some pictures, your best witty line and description of yourself, things that you might like, um, any of the red flags and dirty laundry that you want to air out, and then you make your profile public. Um, and then as Jeff mentioned, uh, you swipe left for folks that you're not interested in when you're in kind of in this like matching pool. And then you swipe right on people that you are interested in dating. And if both parties have swiped right, it's a match and you can then message that person. Did I get it right, Jeff? That's my like pure like history of Tinder after just <laughs> like looking at people and all my friends that were like trying to make profiles and talking about swiping left and swiping yeah, right. Yeah, so. it's certainly been a, a long time. I'm married now and it's been many, many years <laughs> since I've been on, on dating apps. But yeah, as I remember, that's the gist of it. For sure. It's sorry to put you on the spot. I've just like, <laughs> literally never done this and I have no background <laughs> in this. My wife and I both get excited. I don't know if you and your wife get excited too when you're like uh, – talking with your friends that are on these dating apps because they're just like, oh, like, what should I put? And I'm like, oh, well, like, don't put that picture. Like, <laughs> do you want to do you want to attract weirdos? Like <laughs> you're trying to match make for them. Exactly. But it turns out they can't help themselves. Awesome. So we can talk about the business model for Tinder. So um, Tinder is a freemium model. So you get base access to the app for free, meaning that you can have a certain limited set of actions that you can take. And then there's actually three different tiers of subscriptions based on your different needs. So uh, the pricing for subscriptions follows the good, better, best model. So you get additional features depending on how high up you go, be it unlimited right swipes, so unlimited likes, location-based matching, and then super likes, which is interesting to me. You can, you know, kind of invest that say, hey, you know, I really like this person and that'll send a signal to that person that I super, super like you. So <laughs> yeah, that's like the you know, business model of Tinder. I, I know that for the freemium model, it's also supported by some ads. So there are some sponsored profiles that will also have chat bots and, and all of that jazz. But again, like I have never used the app. So like not super familiar with what all of that looks like. Yeah. I mean, again, it was like many years since I've been on dating apps. I think like seven plus years now. 
Um, but when I was using Tinder, it was like just the swipe left and swipe right stuff. Like this unlimited right swipes thing was just, it, it came with Tinder. Yeah. You'd see people jokingly like perma swipe right on that's what, on, that's what i would do on yeah. phones um, my buddy to, would hand me his phone and i'd be like oh yeah i got you <laughs> just for like scarce yeah for scarcity reasons and I, I don't yeah the super likes thing is interesting i've never really seen that that that, that came uh way after my time but it's the blind leading the blind then <laughs> yeah exactly um we'll see how this episode kind of shakes out let's talk about how the idea of tinder came to be it was originally called matchbox um and it was made by this guy sean rad and an engineer joe munoz uh, during a hackathon in 2012, both were actually a part of a company called Cardify, which is a credit card loyalty app, which had nothing to do with uh, with dating apps. Um, but they had this hackathon in the first month that Sean Rad was there, and they pitched this dating app matching kind of thing, and they called it Matchbox. Well, the name Matchbox was obviously too similar to a very well-known competitor, Match.com, which has been around for a long, long time. <laughs> And so they rebranded it to Tinder, but that obviously kept a lot of the, the symbolism behind it. So Tinder's logo right now is like a mini flame. Um, it's all clicking to me. This is like yeah, like the first time I'm putting these dots together. Exactly. <laughs> of like Tinder and fire. Um, oh my it's, God. It's a small ecosystem. We're going to come back to it. So Jeff, am I a boomer? <laughs> you are a boomer, apparently. Um, did you write, did you send letters and like stamp them and send them by owl to your oh, wife? Oh my God. Um, yes. <laughs> So in 2013, uh, they launched the infamous swipe feature, which more or less gamified the selection or rejection of potential matches before you'd actually have to do like click yes or click no, which as you imagine now, that's kind of weird uh, because people really associate dating apps with kind of like the swiping left and right thing. Um, I also want to kind of casually mention that even uh, things like Facebook were kind of initially semi dating apps like Facebook originally was like a hot or not kind of site. Um, totally. And it was like trying to figure out which of your fellow Harvard <laughs> classmates were like, you know, the best looking or whatever, uh, which is kids. really weird how it's kind of become like this multi-billion dollar, you know, one of the largest companies ever. Now Meta. Now metaverse. Meta. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Sorry. Spe- spe- speaking of boomers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this was apparently meant to, the swiping feature was apparently meant to mimic like a deck of cards. So what you do when you take a card off the top is you kind of swipe it, right? Right or left. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine each of the card rectangles as like a profile. So that's kind of how they got this idea. So that's actually like a really interesting feature or like a design pattern that we've never really talked about before, but like is kind of synonymous yeah. with with dating apps, right? And before it was a lot of button presses and things like that, but uh, swiping was kind of like this first time it was really being used in the mainstream. It's wild uh, to think about that, but it, it is like, that is a crazy innovation <laughs> that yeah. came out of Tinder. Like that yeah. has affected, I'm sure, like a ton of UX design with mobile apps. It's mm-hmm. like, it's so simple. It's like, yeah. you know, yes, no, and like right. swipe it. So like, it, yeah. it's, that's crazy. I mean, and even just now with like uh, Instagram stories or like any other stories, because everything has a story now, that's mm-hmm. also a common feature of like passing through stories and it, it's kind of like flipping through a magazine. So it's, it, it gives you that like tactile, like yeah. function for it. So super interesting that this is how it all came to, to be. And I'm sure it would have somehow else would have came to be, but just coming through a dating app, I think is um, super interesting. Yeah. And also interesting to mention is like the, the pull down, when you pull apps down, they refresh. That's like every app does that now. Mm-hmm. It's a very common design pattern. I'm curious about where that kind of came to be as well. Just another one I, kind of thought about on the spot. In 2014, uh, by October of that year, Tinder was logging 1 billion swipes per day. Can you imagine? 1 billion swipes per day. And they were matching 12 million people per day. Well, sorry, 12 million matches. So I guess it's 24 million people with an average use of 90 minutes per day. So people were like on this thing 
a lot. And clearly there was a very good product market fit there where people were looking to see what was around in terms of the dating scene and kind of open up their choices instead of like dating people that were in their class or at their job or like people that they ran into at the bar or whatever. So it's kind of like a new avenue for, for finding new people. For sure. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I imagine just a bunch of like college kids like it's it's easy you know mm-hmm. to just like yeah it's just easy access to something that like you want to find you want to find like a partner like a hookup or like like whatever it is maybe i'm salty because i had to do it the old-fashioned way which i think is <laughs> also romantic like my wife and i met in like student government and like met at like a bar like an, like an outing event so but even before that it was like this uh i'm sure there's like a stigma of meeting at a bar but Anyways, that's my that's my tangent. This is my yeah. Boomer. This is like, this is boomer mic coming out. It doesn't come out very often on products, but well, like you know, them. like dating apps in the mainstream came out when Mike and I were like just graduating from undergrad. I went on to grad school, so I had like one and a half more years of this like very concentrated young people in one area kind of deal. So I think this is probably why like I experienced dating apps uh, more than more so than Mike because Mike was like wasn't going to grad school at the time. So that's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of indicative of like your surroundings and stuff like that. By 2016, it was the most popular dating app and it owned about 25% of the market share of monthly usage, which is pretty crazy. That is wild. Um, Match Group, which we'll talk about more in a bit, but Match Group is Match.com's parent company. The CEO at the time, Greg Blatt, described Tinder as a rocket and was, quote, the future of this business. And I think he meant the future of like the industry of dating. So later that year, Blatt stepped in as interim CEO of Tinder I was a little confused about their relationship here, and I'm going to talk about how that worked here later, but it didn't sound like Match had acquired Tinder just yet, but there's some association between the two. So in 2017, Tinder had announced an annual revenue of $403 million, which accounted for 31% of Match Group's 2017 annual revenue of $1.28 billion dollars which was Match Group's strongest portfolio company. And I think it has been their strongest portfolio company since. So I'll say that. And then I'll say in July of that year, Match Group merged with Tinder for approximately $3 billion. And this is where I'm confused. If they haven't merged before, why were they accounted for in their portfolio company? So as I was kind of reading through the history, I was a little bit confused here. So there is some association that I really couldn't quite find. But all you need to know is that they're associated and now moving forward, you know, Match Group is um, it's kind of the parent company of Tinder. I'm just picturing a bunch of old white dudes in like a smoky cigar bar somewhere saying like, <laughs> so these young people want to date, you know, it's like, it's like, we'll like make a handshake. What other product are we going to, yeah, throw out now? <laughs> Even just like how it isn't super clear. And I'd love to do a deep dive after this. Maybe this is what my late night Googling will be is how Tinder came to be with Match.com. <laughs> The dating industry is a very lucrative industry. In 2020, Tinder had an annual revenue of $1.4 billion, which accounted for about 60% of Match Group's 2020 revenue of 2.34. Later in the competitors, I'll name a couple of Match Group's other portfolio companies. Um, So you're going to be kind of surprised that Tinder is making up of, or maybe you won't be after we've talked about it, but makes up 60% of their total revenue. In September of 2021, um, Jim Lanzone announced that he was stepping down from his position as CEO. He was the CEO of MatchGroup.com to kind of move on to a new role with Yahoo. And it prompted Tinder to name Renate Nyborg, I might be pronouncing that name wrong, as a CEO of Tinder. And she was actually the first female CEO that the company had. They'd you know, kind of gone through a couple different CEOs. This is kind of important because in 2021, Whitney Wolf heard who was previously of Tinder and had left because of sexual assault allegations, had founded Bumble and Bumble went public in 2021. So I don't know if this was meant to be kind of like an optics play 
But without getting too much into it, um, Tinder, which was seen as like a very toxic male culture, uh, from what Whitney Wolf heard had mentioned when she was at Tinder, which was obviously many years before she started Bumble, Tinder decided that they wanted to go with a female CEO as well. So now two major dating apps have female CEOs, which is great. Yeah, I definitely love that. And I think like just like for our listeners who aren't familiar with kind of like the major difference between Bumble and Tinder is that Whitney, the founder and CEO of Bumble, she wanted women to be able to make the choice of like who would communicate first. So you actually can't, if you're a male on the platform, can't initiate the conversation. Only mm-hmm. the only the woman can. So really interesting to see that if it's like if it's an optics choice and why Tinder chose that. But either way, I'm glad that there's two women leading these companies. So we can talk about who Tinder's for. Like when I was thinking about this, I feel like it goes to kind of two clear, distinct segments for Tinder. It's like you have customer A, who who I'll call customers who don't want to be on Tinder and they want to be on Tinder for as short as a time as possible. Like they Mm -hmm. just want to literally meet their match and just say, hey, like I'm done with this. And then you have customer B. This is someone that just wants to be on Tinder for a very long period of time. They're (laughs) just looking to hook up. They they don't want anything like long-term. They just want it to be casual. Um, So for me, it's very interesting to have a subscription model for a dating app because it just feels like you're naturally going to lead towards customer B if if those are your two customer segments. Mm -hmm. But maybe you find that like, Customer A probably has a higher willingness to pay, you know, so maybe they are willing to do a subscription for Mm -hmm. three months, six months. So I'm curious if they ever considered doing like quarterly subscriptions. I could see someone that's like, hey, like I'm only going to be in this this for a little while for like three months um, to have like a three month subscription to Tinder. I wonder if that's maybe a way to extract more value from customer A. But for customer B, it definitely makes sense to have like a subscription of like, hey, like I'm just, this is what I do. I'm going to be on Tinder for for, for a while. (laughs) But regardless of who the customer is, customer A or customer B, lots of folks are using Tinder. Um, Tinder has 75 million global monthly active users. I was very shocked at how global Tinder was. And there's only 7.8 million uh, Tinder customers or 7.8 million active monthly users in the US. So it's only about like 10% of Tinder's customers or monthly active users rather that are actually in the in the US. So um, I found that to be really interesting how global it is. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Jeff, was just like how online dating has totally changed. I met my wife like 11 years ago now and just it was it, it would be like kind of like shameful to like back like 11, 12 years ago to say, I met someone like on like online dating, but it's like, it's total opposite. Like there's like no shame nowadays. Like it's like, I feel like, the, I feel like the outcast by saying that like we didn't, you know, meet on a, on a dating <laughs> app. Um, so I don't know how, like how you feel about like that. Like maybe it's just me how that seems like I've grown up, you know, in a totally separate world. There's just been this whole like black box to me that I've been looking at from the outside in, but curious to hear your thoughts on how like online dating is, has changed and just even per- from a perception point of view. Yeah, I would definitely say that like when when I started online dating about like seven or eight years ago, it was kind of that way. It was like slightly taboo. They're like, what kind of people are you meeting online, right? Like it's only (laughs) the people that can't can't meet people in real life. But then that narrative really shifted when I saw a lot of people getting married that had met online. And it feels now like closer to maybe 50-50 where a lot of the folks that I know a good chunk of them are, have actually met their significant others like via a dating app or via something else. I will say that like there is a pretty significant shift away from like casual dating apps like Tinder towards maybe things that are more 
relationship oriented. Bumble is a great um, example. Uh, I met my wife on Coffee Meets Bagel, which is the focus is actually to be on the app as short as possible. And we can talk about that in the other, another episode. But yeah, I think Tinder is, like you said, more meant for like casual dating, hookups, maybe just meeting people and for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas some of these other apps are meant more for like long-term relationships. And so it kind of segments the users out depending on what app you use. But I will say that, yeah, certainly there's people that have met on those apps, but that that part of their relationship was like a very short, like I think I was on Coffee Meets Bagel for maybe like a couple weeks or a month before I met Karen and then like deleted all of my other dating apps and then like obviously haven't touched a dating app since. And Karen and I have been together and now married and we've been together for, it's coming up on eight years this next spring, right? It's like the the how you met part of it is driven by the dating app. Like the, mm-hmm. I'll call it like the accessibility of people like is, is broadened with this dating app. Just think of it as like your local town isn't just like your five minute drive around you now. It's like the entire, for me, like the entire Bay Area or whatever. Totally. Um, so it's just like meeting more people. But like the rest of that part, you still have to meet those people. You still have to see if you're compatible and go on dates and all that stuff is like normal dating. I guess that's where the, the the main stigma is, is that people believe the entirety of the relationship is through the app. Whereas like in this <laughs> right. case, it was just like the meeting portion. Have you read the book Modern Romance? Oh, is that Aziz Ansari's book? Yeah. I, I so have he, not yet. He kind of touched on this a little bit um, in his book. And he was just basically saying like humans have more choice than they've ever had in their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents had met by arranged marriage and they're happily married. But in his case, he was saying that it was so hard because there's so many people to kind of choose from. And you're like, trying to optimize or min-max, right? You're like, I need to find the perfect partner, yep. the blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's kind of talking about how relationships are still and have always been about finding imperfect matches and then kind of adjusting to each other and then Love like that. growing together, right? Uh, instead of being like, oh, I found the perfect one for me. I don't have to make any changes. And that's like unreasonable. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a red flag. <laughs> right yeah, there. exactly. So I touched on a little bit, but let me jump into the competitors. So we talked about Bumble. Their main difference is that the women start the conversations there's Hinge, which I think is similar in that it's like relationship oriented. Uh, Coffee Meets Bagel was the app that Karen and I met on. At the time, it was one match a day, which was very different than Tinder, oh, which is like unlimited. Yeah, and it made it feel more, I guess, like intentful when you were saying yes or saying no to somebody. Uh, there's obviously Match.com that's been around for a long time. There's OkCupid. And so I wanted to touch on this because the Match Group, who is the parent company of Tinder, owns a lot of these companies. They own Tinder. They own Match.com. They own Medic, which I've never heard of. They own OkCupid. They own Hinge. And they own Plenty of Fish. So they have kind of monopolized uh, the dating app industry. And the only ones that they don't own are Bumble and Coffee Meets Bagel. Those are like kind of independent. Um, but they're kind of like the- I didn't the, know they owned Hinge. That's wild. Yeah. They're kind of like the Luxottica of dating apps. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> like to say the same thing. A monopoly here. Yeah, exactly. It's like, the, it's, yeah, it's like the one group to rule them all. Match yeah. Group. They're like, we're the dating app group. They need a metric that's like, we're responsible for like 80% of the marriages or something like that. Something crazy in the future. But I'm happy to jump into my thoughts. So yeah, I think obviously Tinder has been around for a long time and you're going to probably always going to have some- segment of your users that are using tinder uh, especially if they're interested in like casual dating or like hookups because you're always going to have young people or people that are like new in cities trying to meet people right like that's never going to go away i think the the people themselves might move on from tinder but tinder will always have new users coming in and then users coming out so it's kind of this influx of people so i think in that manner I don't see a reason for Tinder to kind of slow down in terms of like their usage and growth, especially as it's like large portfolio company for match.com. I am like a little curious about their pricing model or how they're making money. It seems like they're making a good bit of money. So maybe I don't need to 
question it too much. But when I was on Tinder for a short period of time, everything was free and it didn't really like there wasn't a good value proposition for paying for Tinder. Right. Uh, so I, I have no idea now what that's like, but I'm sure that people that are like, hey, I really want to take my dating life seriously. I don't mind spending a little bit more money towards doing this. But yeah, like, I, you know, I, I think that overall, like the pricing structure is really interesting because I, I don't know why I would pay for Tinder, at least for what I've seen, unless they like took away some of those features and hid them behind a, a paywall. Overall, I would give Tinder maybe a 4.0. I think that some of these other sites like Bumble and even Coffee Meets Bagel are doing a really great job of like facilitating longer term relationships, which I think a lot of these users are probably going to move on to. But again, there's always going to be people that are interested in casual dating at some point. So they're probably going to try out Tinder at least once. Yeah, totally. I, um, I'm i going to look at this with a lens because like, again, I'm like a boomer in, in this situation. <laughs> like I've, I've never used a dating app. Um, and so it's always been from the outside and seeing like all of like my, my friends go through this and, and all that. But I'm going to also give Tinder a four just because of a couple things of like how they changed the entire market segment of online dating. And I feel like that was like the start of changing that perception of like, hey, online dating is just like another, like to your point, Jeff, like it's another like avenue to just meet people. It's not mm -hmm. like this weird thing. It's not like anything like that. It's just increasing the size of the bar or increasing the size of X, college, mm -hmm. like whatever you're doing to enable you to, to spark more conversations with people. And then I also like love what we talked about earlier of like, the just the UX mechanism of swiping left, swiping right. Um, it's like so beautifully simple and it's just so pervasive across like all these different platforms and user experiences in different apps. So like I love that that specific product feature has just been so nascent. And I'd love to just do like a nerdy deep dive with you to figure out why we pulled on to refresh. Um, I'm curious if it has like <laughs> something similar as well. Well, cool. Well, we made it through Tinder. I wasn't sure if we were able to <laughs> because I had zero experience. It's just been like me always looking over like my friend's shoulder. And I was the person that was like spamming like the likes. I'm like, oh, like, I'll help you out and just like swipe right to everything. So I'm sorry for all the people that were affected by my ridiculousness. But anyways, um, those are our thoughts on Tinder. And if, if you like our show, definitely reach out to us, but also you know, feel free to, to tell a friend, you know, tell someone else that you know about in that's interested in product uh, management, technology, or just curious about these products that we talk about. Um, definitely means a lot to us. We love engaging with our followers and it means a ton to all the folks that have reached out to, to recommend episodes and to tell us what they liked and didn't like about the episode. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both of our accounts are products podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X podcast. Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. There's usually a new episode every week. Um, and if you want to let us know what products we should review next, hit us up on those social media handles that Mike just mentioned. See you next episode. Swipe right on our show. <laughs> <laughs>